0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and today I am joined by Tom Shepard, a filmmaker and the executive director of the Youth Documentary Academy. How are you doing today, Tom?
1: Good. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get started, I want to quickly add that if listeners are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around El Paso County, or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate. You can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, but to get started, Tom, I was wondering if you could share some background about yourself and how you came to be associated with the Rocky Mountain women's film.
1: So I grew up in Colorado Springs in the 80s. And, um, Uh, After graduating from Palmer High School, uh, moved to the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, went to college out there and initially was planning to study medicine and took a big right turn and started going into journalism and um, before too long uh, was working in uh, documentary filmmaking in the Bay Area. So I've been a documentary director and producer really since the mid to late 90s. And about 10 years ago, uh, returned to my hometown, Colorado Springs, where I still have um, a lot of family. Roots grow pretty deep here. (laughs) Uh, And uh, just started talking with educators, film arts folks, about this question of why there are such a dearth of film arts and media arts academies in the middle of the country. You often see them on the East Coast and the West Coast, in New York and LA and San Francisco and very few in the middle. And most of them are kind of reserved for wealthy families. So this mm-hmm. question of what would it look like to create a kind of elite professional filmmaking academy in Southern Colorado and kind of level the playing field geographically. And then kind of secondly, who gets to kind of tell their story in America? and. And really, um, who gets access to professional uh, gear, to uh, filmmaking mentorship, that sort of thing. So, those are all the questions that we were chewing on. And for uh, the next decade, we launched this program called the Youth Documentary Academy, which for the last five years has been a fiscally sponsored project of Rocky Mountain Women's Film. And Rocky Mountain Women's Film runs the Rocky Mountain Women's Film Festival in Colorado Springs. I didn't even appreciate growing up in colorado springs what a significant festival this is nationally and internationally it's the longest running women's film festival in north america it's going on 40 years and more than that the community that uh, recommend women's film kind of creates bringing filmmakers nationally and internationally to colorado springs each fall so they were a natural partner and i think we were sort of trying on this idea of okay is this something Uh, that's going to be around the Youth Documentary Academy. And I think having a fiscal sponsor that was kind of in charge of fiduciary oversight, of helping us make decisions, financial decisions, uh, that sort of thing uh, made a lot of sense. And so just until a year ago, we were a fiscally sponsored project and then recently have incorporated as our own nonprofit, our own 501c3
0: nonprofit. So can you share some background about the Youth Documentary Academy specifically and what the main mission of the organization is? So
1: we bring filmmakers into Colorado Springs and we work with local talent. And every summer we work with approximately 12 students from the area. Most of those students are uh, from El Paso County. Once or twice in 10 years, we've uh, been able to work with a student from Pueblo who's come up and basically for two months, young people learn all aspects of documentary filming. So they learn the technical competencies, camera, lights, and sound. But more importantly, they learn how to create story. And in documentary, 80% of success is really kind of predicated on access. We talk about access in, in the documentary field. And what do young people have access to? Well, that's often their lived experience. So young people see themselves as an access point to story. So maybe it's a story in their family, or maybe it's a story in their church or in their community, or maybe it's just a story that they themselves personally have gone through, but maybe haven't found the right uh, form uh, to, to tell that story. So we encourage young people to pitch us, basically, as they're applying to the Youth Documentary Academy, or YDA, and they go through a review process. We review applications uh, from 40 to 60 applications every year, and then we interview most students who take the time to thoughtfully kind of fill out our application and find out what their curiosities are, and why do they want to learn filmmaking, and what is their interest in storytelling, and certainly what, what topics are of interest to them, what are they passionate about. And then, as I said, for about eight weeks, we work with them about a third of that time is working on story development. How do you transpose a story into a film treatment? Often that's a three-act structure uh, in documentary as it is in narrative filmmaking. And then we spend a good two or three weeks uh, mentoring them in the field as they go out and shoot their films and collect interviews and material, observational material. And then we work with them very closely in the edit room uh, to help shape their story. And then every year in the fall, we premiere those films uh, at Colorado College in partnership with 20 community groups who are able to kind of, you know, shine light on, on these young people and the stories that they've told. That is, I would say, one major component of our program. The second major component is what do you do with those films when they're done? It turns out that the films that youth in the Pike Peak region have created are, are very compelling. They're high impact, they're emotionally relatable, they're universal stories. Um, So we hit up our partners over at Rocky Mountain PBS, and in 2019, they were interested in helping curate many of these films into a public television series. So starting that year, uh, we had a a TV series called Our Time that YDA creates um, and and co-produces with Rocky Mountain PBS, and about a year and a half later, the American public television uh, organization in Boston acquired the show and started broadcasting that national. So now every year we broadcast, you know, the stories of our youth to, I think, 83% of PBS stations nationwide. Uh, that's, uh, a, you know, a big part of film, is it's really important to make them and learn how to make them. But what are they going to do? Are they just going to sit on a hard drive or are they going to get out? And start to maybe open the door to conversations that people can have about the issues in those films. So, lastly and thirdly, our you know big programming piece is a program called Youth Media Matters, and this is related to ARPA funding because uh, I would say a lion's share of, of the funds that we received supported this work. And in you know, really 2021, we started partnering with local school districts who invited the films into high schools in Colorado Springs in El Paso County and really we deputize the students in these high schools to to look at the films that are on our PBS series and pick three or four that they think will resonate with their student body and in partnership with their principals and teachers they organize a film festival we call it the Youth Media Matters Film Festival in which they show these films to other high school uh, students and basically create a festival and uh, invite community leaders to come in and moderate the conversations on stage And then have really frank conversations about uh, the stories and the topics that those, those films tell. So I would say that kind of encompasses, you know, the, the range of programs that we do. We help young people make films and then we help those young people mm, use the film to kind of open the door to courageous conversations.
0: Uh, So you mentioned a lot of what that ARPA funding went to, but I just wanted to add that uh, the Rocky Mountain Women's Film uh, was awarded $15,000 of that ARPA funding that they then uh, sent your way, I guess you could say. Uh, Can you talk uh, specifically about how that money uh, got to you guys from Rocky Mountain Women's Film and how it was uh, spent for, uh, you mentioned Youth Media Matters was where a large part of that went, but maybe get into a little bit more of the specifics.
1: Sure. So uh, at the time, the Youth Documentary Academy was a fiscally sponsored project of, of Rocky Mountain Women's Film, which is a 501c3. So for five years, Rocky Mountain Women's Film accepted gifts, donations, donations. Um, Uh, government grants, foundation grants on behalf of our organization and would process those grants um, with the federal EIN and then um, also do all of our accounting for us which is what's so great about having a fiscal sponsor so (laughs) monitoring the funds that come in you know how those funds are spent and then reporting reporting back and so uh, yeah majority of the funds I don't have the report right in front of me but most of the funds that we receive from the El Paso County ARPA Uh, gift, the ARPA Fund, supported the outreach of our work. So films going into uh, schools and community centers and churches in which um, we have special guests who are compensated for their time. Also there's quite a lot of marketing, you know, to bring an audience whether you're in a high school or whether you're in a church or whether you're in a university theater. Trying to get people in uh, to watch documentaries is always know part of our mandate so i know some of the funds um, supported the kind of publicity and marketing of those and then i think speakers stipends the the folks who are graduates are alumni of our program who came back and presented their films and then we have moderators um you know we have a number of moderators from the executive director of pike speak suicide prevention partnership cass walton to uh, ashley cornelius who is our el paso county poet laureate who has been just a you know, sort of very magical and skillful moderator of our films at these events. So those kind of expenses are what were encompassed in the grant that we received from ARPA.
0: Yeah. And I love when you talk about that collaboration with those other community leaders. I actually, it's been a while ago now, I had the opportunity to speak with Cass Walton from the suicide prevention partnership and, you know, hearing the stories that she had to tell and the efforts that that organization does within the community is so great. And so I just wanted to ask you why, in your opinion, is that collaboration with local community partners so important to the work that you guys do?
1: I think probably you understand this as a media person, Scott, that, that you know, everyone has a story and telling a story allows you to maybe humanize an issue that is complex, that might be delicate, that might be difficult to raise conversation around. And I would say mental health is, is right there on the list of topics that are difficult but must be wrestled with in society. And so CASA's organization, Pike Speak Suicide Prevention Partnership, among many, many community organizations in Colorado Springs have been wrestling with mental health and certainly teen mental health and trying to address things like the high rate of suicide incidents in Southern Colorado and certainly other mental health challenges, especially in light of COVID. Um, I think we saw a national spotlight on those issues. So what is it about a 10 minute film that's told a first person point of view film that that might help this cause. Well, usually these films will, you know, very um, intimately kind of personalize a topic and allow an audience to sort of reference these topics and say, oh, well, I relate to that. I have a story that's not unlike that. Or I have a story that's like this, but different in this way. So I think um, being able to coalesce a number of community groups at our screenings Means that the films are able to illuminate the work that amazing nonprofits are doing on the ground, and giving people a very direct, a very personal, a very intimate access point um, to those stories and kind of starting the conversations.
0: Yeah, and you know, uh, you mentioned yes, I have a very, a very uh, keen awareness and understanding for the importance of stories that the subtitle actually for this podcast is the stories of El Paso County. It's, to me, it's so important to tell stories as a way to share information, uh, because that does come from, I think, a more personal place and a more, uh, a more genuine place. And, you know, people need to hear in that kind of way, what these stories mean to people. And so uh, kind of spinning that forward into this next question I had for you, what about filmmaking specifically? makes it a really valuable learning experience for youth at the uh, Youth Documentary Academy? Well, first, let me
1: say, um, I just couldn't agree more with you know, this kind of conversation about the power of story. And also, I think in society, we sometimes neglect the stories or perspectives of young people. And, and certainly young people from you know, kind of underrepresented communities whose stories we don't maybe see in the mainstream. On streaming platforms or in Hollywood movies so I think um, you know everything we try and do in the Youth Documentary Academy is kind of dismantling this notion that kids voices don't matter Um, that in fact if you take the time to really listen to young people which parents know this very well (laughs) um, they they have a lot going on inside their minds and their hearts and they often have um, Uh, a lot of stories to share. So I think more than anything, YDA just opens a space in which we teach young people to increase their capacity to listen, to hold multiple perspectives. Um, I think that's a a sort of critical piece in our democracy. And I love that we're doing it in Colorado Springs, um, to be quite honest, because we'll have young people who maybe are, you know, from first generation immigrant families sitting next to kids whose parents are Colonels in the Air Force sitting next to kids whose families are uh, over at at Fountain Fort Carson, sitting next to kids who identify in the LGBTQ plus community sitting next to, you know, there is such a diversity of young people in our community. And when you bring people together and the common thread is, okay, I'm curious to learn about other people's stories and experiences and maybe connect that story to others, that's... Um, I mean that, that's not only how you make good films; that's how you strengthen good democracies. So, um, and then I just would say lastly that there's something about film. I think because um, both of its visual medium, its uh, access to storytelling, which I think as a species we just are drawn to, as, as you know, as as you've shared in your podcast. So, uh, and I think also short films. Um, are a a really interesting way to not, you know, spend two hours in a room, but 10 minutes in a room that then opens the door for people to then bring their own stories and their own perspectives into conversation. So there's just, you know, there's a lot about the enterprise that we love, both from a filmmaking standpoint, but also a kind of empowering voices of of all our youth perspective.
0: Yeah. And and one of the things you mentioned that uh, I really sort of, grab (laughs) and thought was interesting is just the idea. And I rightly so that I think a fair amount of people out there would think that, uh, youth may not have, uh, anything important to say simply because they're young and they haven't experienced life. Okay. Okay. Sure. And, I think that even makes it more difficult for their stories to be shared. And so the work that you're doing, I certainly don't envy the task of, you know, trying to really get that information out there. But I wanted to ask too, how do you teach youth to combat that cynicism when they're trying to share genuine emotion and thoughts with a wide audience? How do you let them know that it's still important, even if if people aren't listening to you, to share your point of view and to share your stories? I mean,
1: I would love for us as faculty to take credit for this, but really we we just kind of follow the lead of young people. And I think if you create a space in which young, where the, the ethos is about listening to each other and respecting each other's stories, whatever those stories are, it's quite infectious, you know? So I think just that basic value of you know how how do we listen it's such an undervalued um, kind of attribute in society right now right now certainly on the national scene political discourse can can feel a little bit toxic and often it's like the meanest voice wins the loudest voice wins and in the case of this kind of documentary filmmaking it's quite the opposite it's really teaching young people to ha- how to use their 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 capacity to listen deeply and then give them a very specific skill set from filmmaking and storytelling to then translate those stories. But these young people, they all work together. They work in teams of three. So someone will be directing their film. Another uh, on their crew will be uh, camera shooting and another person will be doing sound. And then they switch. And so they're you know uh, moving those roles around. So then they get a chance to shoot on someone else's film. So there's just this, this sense of cooperation, of collaboration. But underneath it all, all of the young people have a bunch of emotional skin in the game because they have these stories that maybe haven't been attended to, you know, maybe within their own families sometimes. And they, and they want to elevate those stories and they kind of all respect that. So it's, um, it's as much about process as it is about, you know, um, uh, about the product of a film itself.
0: And I'm wondering if you could share... Uh, one or two, however many you might have, uh, a personal story about, you know, someone who's been able to attend the academy and what it has what it has done for them. Whether you know it was just in getting them to share their story to that wider audience, or maybe how you know they went on to uh, go into a career in documentary filmmaking or something like that. Is is there a personal short story you can share with us?
1: There are so many. We have like 120 <laughs> graduates over our decade, and they all have such you know really interesting stories. I mean, because we were talking about mental health a little earlier, and certainly kind of enduring the pandemic and working with young people um, after that time, there there's a young woman who graduated from Shine Mountain High School, whose brother, um, they're both adopted in their family, uh, had had attempted suicide. And this young filmmaker, Madison Legg, felt like at the time, um, there was just silence around it. The school didn't want to talk about it. Her own family didn't want to talk about it. It was the elephant in the room. Uh, and yet it there, there was just almost this contract of silence with everybody. And so she came into the Youth Documentary Academy. I want to open a conversation with my brother, was basically it. And sure enough, She did a two, three hour interview with her brother who recounted not only the suicide attempt, but all of the sort of situational pieces around it, a lot about their own relationship, a lot about communication. And then she went out as a photographer and just collected uh, very evocative imagery to really support that story. And she made that film and it happened to uh, broadcast on PBS, on Rocky Mountain PBS. And actually won an Emmy, a regional Emmy, and wow. Madison, who's now twenty-five or twenty-six. This is actually before we started our PBS series. Our time uh, it was it was one of the reasons why we started to partner with Rocky Mountain PBS. And um, she now will go and take that film around or appear at audiences and talk about how catalytic it was, just to have a camera and a microphone in a room and be able to say to her brother, "Look, I'm here to listen. Maybe you didn't know, but I also." You know, was going through a lot, and the the conversation that ensued ended up uh, turning into a very exquisite film. And Maddie goes on now; she's a poet. She's published two books of poetry. <laughs> she comes and teaches in our program. We hired her to be a course assistant. So as an alumni, she came back and now works with with youth who who are still in high school. Uh, that you know, that film represents many uh, of our students who learn to use the medium of documentary filmmaking to just open up conversations um, that make things a little better.
0: What do you think it shares with the incoming students that you have to have someone like that who is a graduate that's able to interact with them and say, hey, this is how this program was was valuable for me. Please make sure you take advantage of this opportunity.
1: It's so powerful for younger students to see our graduates because often... If you go to a film festival, say whether it's in Colorado Springs or Denver, you're, off, you're often meeting filmmakers who are coming in from other places and maybe they're making great films, but often they're adults. So for a young person to see someone who is maybe just a couple, three years older, mm-hmm. who's from their own high school in their own town, yeah. who has made this really powerful media, I think it says to them, I can do that too.
0: Yeah. So for those who may be interested in attending the academy, they listen to this they're like, wow, that sounds really incredible. Uh, How can they go about getting more information about how to do that?
1: So our application windows are open from January 1st to April 1st. So they're actually open right now. So we'd really encourage uh, young people between the ages of 14 to 18 to apply. And if you just go to our website, youthdocumentary.org slash apply, uh, 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 an application will come up and I guarantee it'll take you no more than an hour and 90 minutes to fill it out.
0: Yeah, and and what are some of the things that those youth can expect to fill in in that application?
1: So there are questions about uh, what are your interests in storytelling? I mean, one thing we make very clear is that you do not have to have uh, filmmaking background some of our students do and they go to schools in which at a, a young age they're already learning on cameras digital editing that sort of thing but many of our students do not but they might have an interest in a particular story or you know maybe interest in um poetry or music or you know any of the arts uh, I think we're we're looking for that there are also questions about you know have you in your life been in a position where you've been able to stand up on behalf of someone else so getting at this question of you know increased capacity for empathy, uh, listening to other stories, and so that often leads to some really, really interesting stories that young people share. Uh, those kinds of questions.
0: Okay. And then for people who, uh, want to help out, they, you know, they are like, wow, this sounds really interesting. I want to be a part of it. Uh, maybe not a student going through the program, but, uh, perhaps someone who wants to volunteer some time to help make these things possible. Uh, are there uh, opportunities available for those people? You know, what kind of things can they do to help?
1: Yes. So as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, um, when the films are done in YDA, they're often invited into community settings. So sometimes that'll be a church Oftentimes that will be a public school or a charter school. Oftentimes that will be a university. So we've screened at Pikes Peak State College, at UCCS, at Colorado College. We we need volunteers to help with those events uh, in terms of the organizing work. But also if you're connected to a particular school or a particular institution and you think that there might be value in having our filmmakers come and show their work and open some of these conversations, Um, to their congregation or their constituents, um, we'd love to, we'd love to hear from you.
0: Awesome. And then uh, before we close things out here, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to share anything else that you think would be important for listeners to know about.
1: No, I mean, I think, you know, we really appreciate that the city of Colorado Springs has supported the kind of incubation of this program in the first 10 years. And, you know, we, because we now have a Colorado television broadcast but we have a national television broadcast we we love the idea that <laughs> voices of of kids from mm, the Pike Speak region are uh driving the conversation nationally to some extent i mean i grew up in colorado springs and that certainly was not the case so uh, i think um, not only is it uh we think this program is really great for the young people who come through but we think being able to kind of Mm, elevate their voices on a national stage is also putting Colorado Springs on the map in a way um, that we don't always see.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Tom. I appreciate you taking the time today and for all the work that you do there at the uh, Youth Documentary Academy. So thanks for uh, taking the time to join me. Thank you, Scott. If you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, be sure to look for us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.